Sometimes bodybuilding takes place in unusual ways. I was thinking a little bit on comments that Guy made after the close of service this morning about standing up here and so forth. About 50-some years ago, when I was a young Christian uh, in congregation in Wiesbaden, one of the things that we did oftentimes, or the congregation did, is that before the morning service started, there'd be somebody who would start a song, and the rest of the congregation would pick up and, and follow along. You want to know how embarrassing it is to lead a song? And nobody knows the song that you're singing? But you know they know it, because they sing it. And, uh, but that doesn't deter you. Uh, one of the things I find out as I've served God and, and been his child and, and looking at mankind, and as we look at the reading this, uh, this evening, you have to believe and you have to know that God has a sense of humor. <laughs> After all, he made us the way we are. So he has a sense of humor along the way. And you see that in the reading this evening, his sense of humor as he talks about this body that we belong to and what is involved in it and talks about different parts of the body. And the, the illustration he uses, if you don't see humor in there, you're missing something. Uh, no, the eye cannot say to the ear, I don't have any need of you. I don't want you in my life. Or one says, I don't, I don't belong to the body, so I don't have a part here any longer. And you read that and he says, you cannot begin to imagine what that has to Imagery that brings to mind. And all it is is God, God trying to tell us, listen, I made you. And I made this body, the spiritual body of Christ. And oh, how we ought to love him in a way that he works within our life. We're looking over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Starting at verse 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body that we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body. God composed the spiritual body. That is, belongs to Christ. Having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body. But that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers... 
all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. But now you are the body of Christ. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles and gifts of healing, helps, administration, various kinds of tongues. And on he'll go with that discussion. But we are members of the body of Christ. And again, as such, there ought to be a joy. Is it not in being a part of the body of Christ? Of knowing, again, God's design for it. And of how God works it together. Of how he uses every member for a purpose. And he's the one that places us where we are. Which means he has a purpose where we are. We've talked before about how God has is the ability and his providence of moving us around. Of being places that we have not been before. Again, starting in Germany and then going across the country in various places. Amazing how God works. It's amazing the family that he has. And it's always been interesting to see the love that we have. You know, you can go someplace, way out in the boondock somewhere. They call that Dodge, uh, Dog Patch USA, up around Branson, Missouri back in the 70s. And you can be down there from up from Harding, up there walking around and visiting, and you can meet somebody from Belleville, Illinois, Asking Pat, where are your mom and dad? So, whoa. Find out, you know, the, how the past cross. It's just amazing how God works all of that out. The beauty of, of it and what's involved in that. You know, to go to Harding and come down here and then find out. That I know two or three people who were at Harding at the same time that we were. Uh, and uh, didn't know them at the time. But it's amazing. Do we see the love that God has? Wherever you go, you know, you walk into a, a congregation of God's people, it doesn't matter where it is, even in the world, and there's a bond that ties you together. It's the bond of Christ. And there's a fellowship there. Even if there's sometimes a language barrier, there's a fellowship there. We want to look at what God wants the church to be. And to help us to have a love for the church, for fellowship. Because this is really life. The body of Christ is alive. It's not dead. It's vibrant. And it has a joy to it. And we need to be contributing to that joy along the way. Sometimes he refers to it as his kingdom of God. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I need to read that again periodically, Matthew six thirty three. He provides. He's the one that gives. We seek the kingdom of God first. Everything else we need is provided. It's not, it's not stated how it is provided. We want to put that in there. I want things provided for me because I'm the one who's doing the providing uh, for my family or whatever else it may be. That I'm the one that's doing the contributing and I'm the one that's working the, the problems out. That's not what it says. You seek God's kingdom first and God works it out. He provides. 
And he has. He's always provided for his children. Sometimes that provision is not the physical life. Sometimes it's the spiritual life in heaven. But he makes those provisions. He has that life, that turmoil here. Again, you read the end of Hebrews chapter 11 and all the trials and the things that they faced. But they were faithful to God and they had an eternal home with him. Is that not provision? Is that not, is that not care for his children and for this body? Because the consequence of not being the child of God is not pleasant. So he does make, he does make those provisions for us that we do the trusting in him. It is the, the bride of Christ. It's the body of Christ. Paul, as he talks to husbands and wives and our relationship to one another, talks about the fact that Christ is the head of the church. Uh, the, wife is, the husband is head of the wife as Christ is head of the church who gave himself for her that he might sanctify her. Understand that. Christ gave himself for the church. Is that not love? Is that not commitment? Is that not putting the other first above himself? He's the son of God. And because of his love for that bride that was going to be his, he was willing to sacrifice that physical life to be the atonement for our sins as time would unfold. Do we trust him along the way? We read this passage so many times, and again, spend some time just reading through it. Let's catch again God and that sense of humor that he has. I mean, we see it in the world. You look at trees, you look at whatever else, you look at animal life. I mean, you look at some of the animals that God has created, and you wonder, what was he thinking when he made this? And what was going through his mind, these animals that he has, and how they work and, and operate and so on and so forth. He has a beauty to him. And the depths of his detail, look into the galaxy and every star he knows by name. The depths of his love, all the world and make provisions for us that we might be the child of God along the way. Yes, we have various talents and we have various roles in the body. He's given to each one talents. And he expects us to use those talents. Well, I don't want to use mine because you're not using yours. That's good reasoning, isn't it? Uh, and again, he talked about the body. He said, can you imagine the body doing that? And as he talks about it, he says, well, you're not doing your job. I'm not going to do my job. I don't have a need for you. How false can that be? That we do need each other. Life was intended to be that way. God did not create this one single person. He created male and female, created he them. It is designed for companionship. We're designed for the fellowship that we can have with one another along the way. To be able to use those pieces along the way. To know the talents that he has blessed us with. And how important they are within our lives. We need each other. We need to be challenged by each other. We need to be corrected by each other along the way. We support each other. What would the body be if the members of the body, physical body did not support each other. 
There would be no structure. There would be no form, no shape. There wouldn't be a body. And it wouldn't be alive. And so he has that purpose of uniting us together. And all our various capabilities and abilities that are ours and that we will grow into. That we may try one for a while and it not seem to work out for a while. Fortunately, or somewhat fortunately, at least I had a couple of guys in the congregation that would be willing to say, David, need to take you aside for a little bit. And we just need to talk about songs and leading singing. We need to talk about how notes go in, in singing. And I said before, and I've been in band and played uh, instrument uh, clarinet for four years. And I said, I know notes go up and down, but my voice does not follow what my mind says it's supposed to do. And in my mind, I think my notes are going up and down, and I find out my notes are going this way, straight across. And uh, so we work, they help me work on some of that. I'm still not a song leader, and that's okay. Uh, there's other talents that maybe he's given me, and you may want to question those, but that's beside the point. But the fact is that he works with us. He encourages, he gives that, that support to us and helps us along the way. Trying to... Again, speak for the first time. I had a the preacher that uh, baptized me into Christ. He worked at me. He said, I want you to do a Wednesday night invitation. And I said, yeah, all right. And he said, get on. Get one. Get one ready. And every Wednesday night, I almost dread going to Wednesday night service. Because I know at the end of the service, he'd want me to lead the invitation. And he'd forget. And he'd apologize. For, I said, don't worry about it. It's okay. Except one day he didn't forget. And so that's where some of that got started. The support, the encouragement, the seeing a potential, and maybe not in that particular area, but it leads into another area. And that's the joy of it. We're not limited to one talent. We're not limited to two talents or three or whatever else. Not saying that we cannot adjust along the way. That's not saying that we are not able to do one talent, but then enjoy doing another one and working in that area as well. Because God gives. And He gives our life. And it gives us the capabilities. We know that from the physical realm. As we've grown up physically, how many have changed occupations physically? Gone into a different line of work. You work one line for a while and something happens and you have to change and work in another line of work for a while. That may change as well. Where's that all, the ability to do all of that comes from? It's what God gives. He gives it in the physical body and he gives it in the spiritual body as well. But it reminds us, again, the talents, that we are connected to one another. There is no separation there. We are connected to one another. But the other thought is brought out as well is that we are connected to one another, but we are connected to the head, who is Christ. And it's the head that gives directions. It's the head that knows the body. You know, it's, it's the one that directs and, and guides the body. You know, the head does not say, I want you to lift your arm and your leg goes like that. That's not the way it works. The head knows what needs to be done. And the head knows how, it's, how it works and functions. And we need to understand that that works spiritually as well. But he wants us to know that we are connected. We're disconnected here in the physical sense. And sometimes we carry that out almost spiritually that we're disconnected and we need to understand we're not we're not to be disconnected 
were to have this close tie to one another along the way. And none of us are on our own. And none of us can compete with another. We each have our job, we each have our function. No one's being asked to be replaced. We make adjustments when the times are needed. We see that in the physical body all the time. You hurt your arm, the other arm makes adjustments. I've just been very fortunate that I haven't hurt my right arm, eating arm. Uh, I've tried to eat left-handed. It does not work. And it's not a pretty sight to do that. But he works. If it's necessary, you do it. You do what needs to be done. Part of life. It is all the way through life physically. It's that way through life spiritually. We make adjustments along the way. And because you have God helping you make these adjustments, it's not that difficult. Because he's given you what you need to do that. You're not on your own as we do that along the way. We need each other to help each other along the way. We need someone to hold us accountable. That's what he gave us a body for. To say, hey, we work. Hey, there's something you can do and you need to be doing it. You need to try it. You know, sometimes it's always scary to, to, to try something new. But it's over time, it's good to see that, you know, how one can get comfortable in what they're doing. But we need to hold each other accountable. You have a talent. And if you have a talent, I promise you, you've got two talents. And guess what? If you've got two talents, guess what? You've got some more talents as well. You've got talents. You've got capabilities. There are things that you can do. We just have to tap into what we're doing. We have to be encouraged to do that, to venture out. And every once in a while I hear somebody say, well, I cannot do anything. I'm limited in what I can do physically. But I can pray. Pray. We need righteous prayers. We need prayers. We don't, because we do not always see results of what we prayed for immediately. Sometimes we just forget about that. But see what we ask for, how it works over a period of time. I want to be able to do something physically. And I find out it takes time to do that. And oftentimes I want to quit before I achieve what I would like to achieve. And when I do that, what? I don't achieve it. If we quit spiritually before we attain what we want to obtain, spiritually we want to obtain heaven. Spiritually we want to be this child of God who so loves the Lord that he finds delight in serving God and his people. And we come up short on that. We don't gain the prize. We don't gain that reward that God holds out to the faithful children of God. And we miss. And if we miss it eternally, there is deep regret there. So in his wisdom, he gives us time. You stumbled, you tried, you fall on your face, you know, you, just, you get back up. It's not, a, it's not always pleasant when, you know, again, as an adult, you're walking down the street and you trip over something, you fall flat on your face. And all you want to do is get up and hope that nobody saw you. And always somebody sees you. Uh, but it's okay. That's life. Somebody sees you with a difficulty. 
And it's amazing how times some of you found out that if I've gone through some things and I, I know some of the looks and expressions on the face that tells me there's something going on that somebody's not sharing. And that's okay. But it's because we've noticed something, because we care about one another. To say, I've been down that road. I have a feeling of what you're going through, whatever it may be. And we give encouragement to one another, to help one another, because that's what it's all about anyway, is our helping each other along the way. We need that encouragement. We need the discipline. You need to stay with it. You don't achieve what you'd like to achieve overnight. It comes with time. And sometimes it still takes time. I find out every once in a while, as I'll say, I get my eye teeth, my tongue wrapped around my eye teeth, and I can't see what I'm saying. It's part of life. Uh, it's not always pleasant, but that's part of life. That's the way it goes. Human beings, you're not, you're not robots. <laughs> you, you don't do the same thing over and over again, and this comes by rote. It does not happen that way. It takes constant effort on that. And uh, you get to find that out even in the physical life. You know, things you used to do, uh, find out you try it now, it's a little bit different. Uh, I'm not even inclined to want to get on a trampoline and to try that one out. Uh, you know, it's, there's some things that you say, no, well, I might get on the small one. But even on the small ones, I can bounce off of that pretty good. So you just watch yourself. But I'm just saying, come on. God gave us a life. He expects us to enjoy the life that we live physically. You see the humor that he has and the creations that he's given. No two of us are exactly alike. And no two of us respond exactly the same way. And that makes that gives a purpose to life. He said, how boring would it be if we all, just like robots, all saw or walked the same way, thought the same way? You ever see those robots that they have and that they're building to uh, move merchandise in warehouses? You know, you see them walking around and they all got the same walk. They all look alike. And they all do the same thing. That's not how God made us. That's not how he made us. And that's not how he made the church. What we do is different than what another congregation does. And what they do is different than what another congregation does. We just keep praying that we keep preaching the truth. And holding us accountable to what God has said in this word. But how it's done is different. I mentioned in old Germany that time that they break out in the song that before services start. Part of that was, it's time to start. Let's quiet down. Let's get our attention centered on where we be. Other places do not do that. And that's fine as well. Some places in the country, they, they dress a little bit different than we do. In some places, they dress a lot more formally than we do. It depends on a whole host of things. But we're all to be God's body. Here, worldwide, we're God's body. He has to work for us to do. And he allows us to do it. And to use what he's given us in a way that he's given it to us. Do we trust him in doing that within our lives? When we became a child of a living God. When we heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and understood who or where we were without Christ, 
And we decided to obey that gospel and be buried in that watery grave of baptism for the remission or forgiveness of our sins, we were raised to be added to the Lord's body. He placed us there. He did not let us be an individual. We lost that identity, if you will. Because we used to be able to do what we wanted to do and so forth. But in that body, we have been added by God to his body. And he has a place for us in his body. And he expects us to use what he's given to us in his body. He expects us to hold tight to one another. We know physically, you cannot sever the arm off and lay it off to the side and say, I want no part of the body and that arm survive. It's not going to survive. It's going to be devastating to the body as well, but it's not going to survive on its own. God did not intend it to be that way. And he does not spiritually either. He expects us to be a part of his body. And we, he expects us to use what he has given to us. And we are expected to understand that he knows exactly what he's doing. And he knows exactly what you are capable of doing. And that he expects you to, to grow along those lines and to, to do the things that would be pleasing to you. And sometimes it takes a while. I mentioned that sometime before that uh, when I was growing up, I was always the uh, best child. I uh, gave my mom a fits. And, uh, but bless my mother's heart, she never failed to tell me someone down through time, David, I know there's good in you. And someday it's going to come out. Then I've had people tell me 40 years later, yes, and we're still waiting, David, for the good to come out. Uh, but just simply saying, is that not somehow how God works with us? I know there's good in you. I know you've got capabilities. I know you've got some talents. Just wait for them to come out. And I'm saying that to you. I know you've got some talents. I know you've got some capabilities. And when they come out, God's going to be well pleased and it's going to be, it's going to be noticed. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe in God. You've got to trust Him. Sometimes it's hard to take that first step. You ever watch a baby learn how to walk? Of course you have. I'm just <laughs> and uh, you watch them and they totter. The, they, they, they sit there and they look and, and you know, they're, they're trying to, to get going and they don't know if they want to or not. And they try to step and fall down and then, you, then they scoot or they crawl on their hands and knees. Because they can get there faster that way. Until someday it dawns on them. You know, if I get up and walk, I can go there a lot faster. I'm not sure how that's, if that's how they think or not, but it seems to be that way. Because once they find their legs, they, they're on the move. Once we find our legs spiritually, I think we'll be on the move. We've got to trust God. And that's what he gave us for Gave us to challenge one another. Read 1 Corinthians 12 again. Spend some time with it. See what it is and how God is working. And he wants to do it. Again, I love that verse 18. God placed us in the body 
just as it has pleased him. Have you ever thought about that? God is well pleased with you. That should make a difference to us as his children. Just as I am. It's a beautiful song. At times I need to, and at times I remind people, you are able, you are free to come to God just as you are. But you cannot remain there just as you are. Your life has changed. God wants you to use that life. God wants you to enjoy that life. Do. Life is not where it needs to be. There's no greater time, no greater place, no greater opportunity than now. To make that change in life, may need to do it just privately, may need to help in the prayers of brothers and sisters in Christ. But if you need to make that change, how you see the body of Christ and how you see God working in your life, if we can assist you, if we can help you, indeed we bid you to come as together we sing.